Hello guys and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. I am so happy to be back. I have been in transition. I have been on the move. I am now relocated to Dallas, Texas. God is so good, um, but it was a lot going on. So I um, had to get some things straight, get some things in order, get everything situated, but I am back and I have a word of the Lord that is going to bless your soul today. And the name of this title, I guess you have already seen on the thumbnail, is You Will Recover All. The Holy Spirit wanted to, me to come by today to let someone know that you will recover all. What does all mean? First, let's look at the scripture when God says you will recover all. The scripture that he gave me um, is going to be found in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. In this text, this is where David inquired of the Lord. Um, so David inquired of the Lord. I'm going to read verse um, 8. It says, so David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, you shall surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. God is amazing. He's on the move. He is repositioning. He's transitioning and he is placing us strategically for divine assignments in this hour. I was telling um, myself and I think um, somebody else I was telling, I feel like I've been deployed. <laughs> if I could just be real. Um, Dallas, Texas wouldn't have been my choice. This is a God choice. Um, I didn't have any interest in moving here at all. But because I flow with the Holy Ghost and because I love what God loves and I know he knows what's best for me, I move in him and have my being. And needless to say, I am pleasantly surprised, pleasantly happy. And it was all a strategy how it all took place. Nevertheless, we got to get into this word. You shall recover all. That's what God is saying in this season. This is a season that you are coming in in a timing where God is recovering all, guys. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a little hoarse today. I was at 102.9 temperature yesterday, but in the name of Jesus, it's 98.9 today. Hallelujah. I had to go to urgent care, but every time I get ready to transition or get back into, um, you know, back on my grind with the things of God, an attack comes, but nevertheless, we are overcomers and no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, just in a 24-hour turnaround, God has turned it around, but I would appreciate more prayers as they will come forth <clears throat> because every time I get ready to get on here or transition or do anything, the enemy tries to come with delay, but we bind that in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, y'all, I've been binding and loosening release of fire and everything else. So let's get into the word. <clears throat> God says, you will recover all. Enough, you will have enough to give, enough to build, and enough to keep in store. It shall come to pass, says God. Stay in position, stay ready, pray, intercede over the vision he has shown you. He says, be it unto you according to your faith. And I was just speaking to someone about this. The, your faith, everyone is given a measure of faith. And if you can believe God for, to do the impossible, then the impossible will be done. If you can believe God for the hood, 
then the hood can be done. So be it unto you according to your faith. How big is your faith? So God is saying in this hour, you shall recover all. But your faith level is going to have to rise to the occasion. It's going to have to do be the impossible. Whatever God has shown you and the vision he has given you for what he has called you to do in your purpose and destiny, that faith has to rise to the occasion. And trust me, I'm a living, walking epistle and example. I use myself as an example all the time. Your faith, because trust me, I lived in Atlanta for 27 years. I moved there when I was 27. So I've been there for 27 years. So have grandkids. I have a child. I have a daughter-in-law. And that was not an easy thing to wrap my mind around me moving. But God is awesome. And he began to put this in my spirit three years ago. And I didn't even know it was him doing it. I began to have dreams years ago. Thank God for a dream journal. This is why I say write your dreams down. Because you never know how God is going to speak to you. And things that you may correlate with other things may very well be something totally different. So God is saying in this hour, you will recover all. All means all. So let's look at this. Um, what does this look like? Let's go to 1 Samuel. What does God mean when he says you will recover all? 1 Samuel 30 verse 18 through 19 says, David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. What does recovering all means? It simply means everything back. Anything you can think of, whatever the enemy has stolen, whatever has been delayed, whatever has been disrupted, Whatever the, the situation is, whether it be unsaved loved ones that you've been praying for, come on, because come on, God is faithful like that. Whether it be anything that you have lost along the way, opportunities, businesses, um, marriages, um, relationships, come on, godly relationships. God is going to restore all of the relationships that he has ordained for you to have. Friendships, come on. Everything the enemy has stolen has to be recovered in this season. God says this is a season of recovering all. And I'm going to tell you about this. He put this in my spirit like three weeks ago. And I've just been hearing, you shall recover all. And when he say all, all simply means, as I just stated in the text, 1 Samuel 30 and 18, David brought everything back. Nothing missing nothing broken. Shalom, the peace of God, the restoration. And he has also been speaking to me about the redeemer, that he is going to redeem the times and his name. So look for him to redeem everything that the enemy has stolen. Yes, even the time. God is going to redeem the time. He's going to speed things up. What does that mean? It means that he's going to catch you up to where you should have been had you never got out of place or had things never been disrupted. You're going to be brought right back to where you were at the level you're supposed to be at. So it's not like you're in kindergarten starting out in kindergarten. He's going to bring you right to the level you're supposed to be at in this time and in this season in 2023. So look for it and expect it. No one, he said, that has left 
their life for the gospel to walk with Jesus will be put to shame. The Bible says in the book of Mark, chap, um, chapter 10, verse 29, it says, so Jesus answered and said, As surely I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children, lands for my sake and the gospel, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, not just in the sweet by and by when we go to heaven. He said, in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last shall be first. So God says those that put their hope in him will not be put to shame, will not be disgraced, will not be dismayed. God is faithful. He's not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. If he not said it, will, it, will he not bring it to pass? So God is faithful. He don't have to try to be faithful because guess what? He is faithful. He is walking faithful. He is Jesus faithful. He doesn't have to try to be faithful. That's his nature. So he says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him even in the small things. And I know this might sound minute and minuscule, but let me tell you, when I was cleaning out the refrigerator at the old place that I was at, I'm cleaning out the refrigerator. The day before, prior to that, I was in my bathroom just tidying up, getting some things packed up and everything. And it was an earring that I picked up that I hadn't seen probably in over a year or so. And I picked up the earring and I put it, I said, I'm going to wear this earring anyway. It's a little diamond stud. I said, I'm going to wear this earring anyway. I said, um, and that would just be nice to have the other one. So I looked through my jewelry box. I couldn't find this thing nowhere. Fast forward the next day, I'm in the refrigerator cleaning out the refrigerator. And when I cleaned out the refrigerator, I kid you not, the, ear the earring came out the refrigerator. It flicked out. I guess when I wiped it out, it flicked out. I said, oh my God. I said, Lord, you even concerned about the small things because he knew in my heart that I wish I could find the other earring. I know for some people that don't mean nothing, but I really wanted that earring. <laughs> and he knew that. But who would have thought cleaning out the refrigerator that the earring, it must've fell out when I was leaning down in there you know, at a t time years ago or whatever, you know, I don't know. You know, I have no idea. But anyway, I said all that to say. He's concerned even about the minuscule things. And I guess he wanted me to say that because that came to my mind immediately. That's not in my sermon, but that came to my mind. Also, know your position and your assignment and your direction he is leading you into. Every battle, he says, is not your assignment. There is grace where God leads. Every battle is not your assignment. But guess what? The enemy will send good things disguised as God things. Every good thing is not a God thing. Some things are intended to take you off course and to take you off track. I cannot tell you how many times the enemy has tried to detour me from this journey from getting to Texas. It, it tries to bring up, oh, my friend, oh, we got a job over here. You want to apply for this? Oh, we got this. Oh, we got that. It would require you to go into the office and all of that. But I kept saying, mm -mm, I'm just not feeling that. That's not what God is calling me to do. He's not calling me to do certain things right now in that aspect of it. Had it been a remote job, then that would have been different. You know what I'm saying? But I know even then God has called me off, off of that. So now, granted, I'm still a real estate agent, guys. I'm still a real estate agent, and I'm still licensed in Georgia, and I'm now going to be licensed in Texas when I get my, 
you know, classes done and stuff like that. I will be licensed in Texas and Georgia and maybe more. Who knows? But for right now, if it's God's will, the grace is on it. This is why I'm telling you this. If he's speaking to you, you have to obey because I'm telling you right now, he showed me where I was in a dream and that place was drying up, that there's no more um, provision in that place in this season. And if I would stay, I would only make it harder on myself, that it would be harder. Where he guides, there's grace on it. And what that means is the empowerment and the blessings and the favor of God is on it. So you're not striving to do things within your own strength. The doorknobs just turn and the doors just open. It is a difference. When we're striving to do things on our own, it's a fight. It's a fight. But when God is in it, not saying it won't be any opposition, but there's a grace on it and things manifest, they happen. And, and it's not a fight or a work because the grace of God and the favor of God is on it. And that's the difference. And when we're doing things within our own strength versus us doing things in, out of obedience and reverence to Christ. The, so he said to share the story of the two prophets because in this season, when God is telling you to obey, there are going to be voices that come along. This is why he had me not to mention or speak of this, right? Until the opportune time. My family did not even know I was moving to Dallas with the exception of my son and my, my daughter-in-law. But other than that, nobody, friends, nobody knew I was moving to Dallas until my feet I put boots on the ground and marched to visit. I took a trip out here. Um, I was going to cancel it because I had already leased sight unseen. This is nobody but God. Uh, nobody but God. Because I don't do stuff like that. So I leased sight unseen, which his timing is, is, is very important in his timing and things and the, thing, the way things happen. Very important. Because I had to do it within that time frame. I'm not going to get into all of that, but it was a reason for that. So when I got here at the end of March, I then told my family that I was moving to Dallas, Texas, that God is calling me to Dallas, Texas. And that's when I said it. And things I had already leased for the first of the month. So I had already leased and signed. Everything was already in motion. Now, I knew since last year, last spring or summer that I was to move to Texas, but I was not for me to say. Why? Because sometimes we bring warfare on ourselves. We have unnecessary warfare. Warfare comes in the form of different things, right? And one of those things the enemy uses all the time is people. And the thing about it is sometimes people mean well, and then sometimes it's malicious intent. We're just going to call it like it is. And sometimes they can mean well, but they're speaking against the things of God and don't realize it because sometimes people don't understand things. They don't understand it's your call. It wasn't a conference call. It wasn't a let me consult with everybody else. And this is why I want to get into the story of the two prophets, because it's vitally important that we understand and that we know that when God has called us to do something, is sometimes he won't tell your pastor. He won't tell your, your close friends. He won't tell anyone but you. Why? Because that's a test of your allegiance. Sometimes he'll come and confirm through other people, through other people, or through situations and circumstances. And then sometimes he won't say anything to anyone else. And trust me when I tell you, you think a sister wasn't looking for confirmation? I got confirmation through scriptures, through signs, wonders, and prophetic voices. 
that did not know me on YouTube, prophetic voices. And I'm telling you right now, I had to keep it to myself. Lord, this is if what you calling me to do, like Mary, be it unto me. And I had to say, if you going to do this, then you're going to do it. Period. Period. So I'm saying all of this to say the story of the two prophets. And I think we all kind of remember this story. It's in 1 Kings 13 and 11. And it talks about um, the prophet, the, the, the younger prophet and the more seasoned older prophet. Um, it talks about now there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what he had said to the king. Their father asked them which way did, which way did he go? And his sons showed him which road the man of God from Judah had taken. So he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. And when they had saddled the donkey for him, he mounted it and rode after the man of God. He found him sitting under an oak tree and asked, are you the man of God who came from Judah? I am, he replied. So the prophet said to him, come home with me and eat. The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there and return by the way you came. The old prophet answered, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me, listen to this, guys, this is huge. An angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that, you, that, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house, even after God told him, don't do that. But what did he say? He used biblical, he used supernatural Things that he knew would grab his attention. So everything that is spiritual is not necessarily godly. Hear me when I say this. While they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. Now this is the real word that came. And see, this is why you can't get caught up in the person. You can't get caught up in a person. We have to be moved by the spirit of the Lord because that same person can be spewing a lie and that same person can actually have a real word of the Lord. And this is why you can't get caught up in people. You better get caught up in Jesus because you will be hoodwinked and bamboozled every single time because people are flawed. We are flawed individuals. The Bible clearly says the man was lying to him, but the real word came out of that same man. So the man said to him, he cried out to the man of God from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defiled the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God gave you. You came back and ate bread and drank water in a place where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your ancestors. When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back saddled his donkey for him. As he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was left lying on the road with both the donkey and the lion standing beside it. Some people who passed by saw the body lying there with the lion standing beside the body. And they went and reported it to the city where the old prophet lived. You better know that you know. And even though someone may have a title, they may be seasoned. You may even have gotten a word from them before. When God tells you something, you better know that it's him 
and not foolery because a lie represents the spirit of the devil. And this man spoke a lie and truth out of the same mouth. And the thing that came to pass was the one when he died. The first, lie, the first thing was a lie. He said the angel of the Lord told him to bring him back to the house. An angel of the Lord. So who was he hearing from? Okay. So God is saying, be very careful in this season. This is a season of deception, manipulation. This is also a season of you recovering all. And so the enemy, by any means necessary, wants to take you off track. Clearly, this man was taken off track. He was taken off the path that God had for him. Why? Because his allegiance was to a title, was to a prophet. It wasn't to the Lord that God. And God tested that man and he failed the test. And as a result, his life was taken from him. And this is a word of warning as well, that we have to be very careful that we're not caught up in people, that we're not caught up in places, and we're not caught up in situations, emotionally tied to things. You know, I could have said, okay, um, my grandbabies, oh my God, I can't leave my grandbabies. I can't, I can't leave my kids. I can't. The devil is a liar because like, I, every, you know, I tell people all the time, I love my family. I love my grandbabies. I love my child. I love my daughter. But guess what? At the end of the day, I love God more. And that's what I had to keep telling people once I told them I was leaving. I love God more. I love him more. He is everything to me. And I know that he perfects everything that concerns me, which means he's going to take care of the rest. So I'm not even worried about that. I will see my grandbabies and I will see my child and my daughter-in-law. Not a big deal. But in the meantime, in between time, this felt like a deployment, guys. So the Bible says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. God is redeeming the times. He's redeeming his name. He's going to be made manifest in your life in such a level that people are going to look at you. The people that didn't think it was popular to support you will then begin to try to support you because they see the blessings and the favor of God on your life. Where people who have shunned you, talked about you, cursed you, all kinds of things, word curses have been spoken over the things that God has called you to do because they thought you was crazy. Come on, somebody. I know people think I'm crazy, but in the name of Jesus, I bind every word curse that has been spoken over my purpose and destiny, and I bind every word curse that's been spoken over your purpose and destiny. Let God be true and every man a liar. So sometimes when people don't understand things, they tend to speak against, but they don't realize they're speaking against God because this is a God thing. So they're not speaking against you. They're speaking against God. And they don't realize that. And that's a dangerous place to be. So people think they have their opinion, but they don't realize that opinion is in direct conflict with the kingdom of heaven. And that's an issue and that's a problem. So God is saying in this hour that be careful, but you will recover all. You will stay vigilant, stay prayerful, stay watchful. You will recover all. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment will be dismissed as a liar. Why? Because the blood of Jesus speaks for you. That is the word for today, guys. Just know you will recover all. What does all mean? It means everything. That's it. That's all. Until the next time, guys, I will see you in the next video. Bye, loves.